welcome back to another episode of the University Podcast. Today we will be talking about our digital footprint and we have our guest panellist Yasmin London with us today. Um, after 10 years in the New South Wales Police Force, Yasmin is now the Executive Director at YSAFE yep. and is an expert in the field of digital media, digital footprints, etc. So welcome Yasmin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, I'm really excited to be here. I wanted to start with the digital footprint itself yep. and just find out what it's about. Mm -hmm. Just what is our digital footprint? Look, the really broad kind of definition is, is a history of absolutely everything that you post, but also remembering um, what everybody else posts about you as well. So, you know, a lot of the time we think about the photos that sometimes we post, the comments, the things that we like, but we can't forget it's what we post about our friends and what we tag them in too. I think as young adults, as uni students, we love to use social media as a place to show our friends what we're doing and mm -hmm. our family. But where's that line between what's sort of appropriate to keep on social media for a personal sort of use mm -hmm. and what kind of gets inappropriate for our digital footprint? Yeah, well, I suppose it depends on, on who's looking at it. So yeah. One of the pieces of advice that, that we always give is to have separate profiles, you know, have the, mm. the profile uh, that you want to be presenting uh, yourself in, in terms of a professional context. So we kind of think of it as your personal brand. You know, the one that has uh, professional headshots where you're putting thought leadership, blogs, blogs, things like that out there. And keep your social media, your personal social media, uh, set to private and making sure that you're only sort of with friends or followers uh, that you know in real life that you can sort of trust with your information. Uh, but always bearing in mind that everything that you put out there is permanent. Um, we can certainly, you know, go out there and try and delete certain things and yep. be proactive about keeping our digital footprint clean. Uh, but that overarching message is, if you're not okay with everyone seeing it, don't post it. Are there things that maybe students feel like is okay to post, but then, or normal to post for a young adult, but then isn't? Are there any of those kind of things that are just... Yeah, I think, you know, as young people, and yeah. I'm, I've certainly been there myself as well, you know, you go to a party yeah. and you want to sort of share these things and you want to sort of have some fun with your friends. You know, in uni, and you know, there's a big drinking culture, yeah. a big party culture. And, and that's okay as long as we don't make it permanent on the internet because we know that, you know, while we might want to share that information with our friends, we might have some in-jokes, uh, it depends on who's looking at your information after that period of time. So if an employer looks at it, yeah. if somebody who you know, you're looking to try and get an internship with looks at it and sort of decides that that's not appropriate or in line with our brand, uh, then that's where it's sort of going to cause some problems. Um, I, we often tell a story about a uni student that uh, we dealt with a couple of years ago yeah. who was, um, was studying medicine and he went to a party dressed as a pretty famous uh, AFL player that is known for his drug use. And, you know, he was there was a photograph taken of him, you know, with a line of sherbet in front of him at, at this, at, on a table at this party. And he was just pretending to sort of snort it. And unfortunately for him, that photo circulated and the university got a hold of it. And oh, wow. even though he wasn't technically doing anything illegal, it was about how he was perceived. And so those are the things that we really need to be aware of, the perceptions. Uh, whether it's right or wrong, in the end, um, we've got to deal with, with how people perceive us. So maybe just to, like, to think before you post. Definitely. Would be, yeah. It's a hard thing to do, you know. We get into this sort of habitual posting, posting, yeah. posting sort of process and, you know, that's natural. We all experience that. But there has to be those moments where you stop and think, is it okay, you know, if I've had a few drinks, just go with, I'll post it later, you know, if, I, if I'm not sure. 
um, always just sort of err on that side of caution. Yeah. yeah. And if we've got friends posting things of us, I've definitely been in a situation yeah. where I'll see a photo of me on Instagram and be like, oh, I don't mm -hmm. really like that photo. Mm -hmm. What's the best way to deal with that when we see something up on social media that we don't like, yep. but it's by somebody else? I think if you can get in touch with that person, I think we need to be brave about asking yeah. to have things taken down. It can be awkward, definitely. But you know, you've got to look after yourself. And in the end, if we're not proactive about our own digital footprints um, and we can't sort of control our personal brand to a degree, and we can't be brave enough to ask someone to take that down, then we're going to run into problems. Yeah. So I think you know, definitely approaching someone that way. Uh, also being aware of uh, the things that we might post about other people how you know it might be a funny photo it might be our friend doing something that we think is hilarious but we also need to be protective of, of how they might be perceived in their future life as well when we have a negative digital footprint how can that affect university students in particular well i think you know you got to think of universities the same way as you think of any other organization they have a brand that they want to you know have represented in the right way yeah so if you're sort of you know tagging yourself as a student of a particular university or you're known to be or you're in you know university colors say for example you're in a sports team and you're seen sort of looking really intoxicated and messy that's representative of their brand and mm. so we've got to think of that as well um, if that happens and they don't like what they see and they decide that you know you're breaching university policy you know you can be pulled out of your university degree yeah. they can ask you to leave um, you know in the end it's up to them what they what they want and who they want as part of their organization and their culture mm. and if you don't fit into that or if you're showing yourself to be you know really sort of flying in the face of the things that they stand for then you can fall out of um, out of line with them too and, and they don't have to have you there yeah so being asked to leave being pulled out of your degree that you've worked so hard for or you know getting the ATAR that you needed to get into that really competitive um, spot that you finally got could be taken away based on something on social media. Yeah, and it's often I find something really silly that ends up causing such a massive problem. Yeah. Um, like I've heard this story of a girl at a school who accidentally tagged the school in a post that mm. wasn't so great yeah. and then got um, suspended or expelled mm -hmm. or something from yeah. in her year 12 year. Yeah, definitely. So I, that has played out. Absolutely. And yeah. if you're a school leaver, like if you are a year 12 student and yeah. you're looking to get into universities, you know, they're, they're a competitive field these yeah. days, you know, they don't have to select you. So we really need to be putting our best foot forward. You know, it's, it sounds a bit scary. It's not always as bad as, you know, yeah. what we might, you know, be talking about today. but. You know, we do need to really start being proactive about thinking about how we want people to perceive us mm. because it really is, unfortunately, judging a book by its cover. They don't know you. They don't know the work you've put in. They don't know what it's taken to get you, you to where you, know, you are. They just sort of see you for what you put out there. So yeah. we've got to control that. I also want to talk about cyberbullying, yes. which is such a big mm -hmm. thing both at high school and in uni yeah. um, for young people. What constitutes cyberbullying? I think, like, is there a definition or something we know? Yeah, well, cyberbullying is, uh, I suppose, if we're talking about legislation, yeah. um, there is a, a legislation called the Criminal Code Act that says that you can't menace, harass, or cause offence to someone uh, via a carriage service. So uh, that is cyberbullying, um, right. the carriage service just being a phone, internet, any kind of telecommunications. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, look, cyberbullying is definitely more than just mean words now. Yeah. There's a lot of definitions. In fact, I think there's about 11 different uh, styles of cyberbullying as defined by the Office of the E-Safety Commissioner now. 
So they include, you know, harassing someone intentionally and repeat repeatedly sort of, you know, targeting someone with, with nasty words. But mm -hmm. it could be something like, uh, you know, we're seeing a rise in polling, say on Instagram, yeah. where someone will put, you know, pictures of two people and say, who's the ugliest person in uni? Um, <laughs> you know, and they'll put a, a survey link in there and then they'll release the results to everybody. That's a type of cyberbullying, mm. you know, flooding someone with messages in make in order to sort of make them feel overwhelmed. You know, that's another way. Um, you know, even sort of participating in ways in those sort of dark web communities. Yeah. You know, that that's something that can be perceived as cyberbullying as well. So I think we really need to broaden our horizons a bit uh, around what most people think cyberbullying is. Yeah. And understand that it's it's not just words; it's a behaviour as well. Yeah. Mm. And I think often I've heard that people cyberbully via anonymous yep. sites like Ask FM. Used mm -hmm. to, I, when I was younger, used to be a thing. Yeah. Can they? Can we still find out who that person is behind that screen? Yeah. Look, there's there's definitely ways. Those yeah. anonymous messaging apps are obviously, you know, they're created for a reason. Yeah. They're not usually a great reason. Uh, Telenome is one that's starting to come up. You know, Saraha was yeah, one totally as well. Uh, you know, there's always a new a new platform where people are doing that. Can they be found? Absolutely. Yeah. Whether that is a situation where, you know, say the police are going to be involved, they have obviously got the capability of tracking things like IP addresses and things, mm -hmm. but it is more difficult. So if you're going to jump onto a platform like that, you know, you've got to jump onto it knowing that the content that you're going to be consuming and the things that you see, maybe what someone might speak to you about is not necessarily going to be positive. Yeah. So we need to be, you know, aware and make smart choices for ourselves when it comes to that. Uh, but yes, the short answer is it can be found. Can find um, out. It's just not always as easy on those. Yeah. Mm. And in your experience, does cyberbullying occur a lot with university age students? I know that it's high school, it's quite prominent in university. Yeah, I think, look, it happens everywhere. Yeah. It's hard to define where it happens the most. I think, you know, as we mentioned before, there's lots of different ways people are cyberbullied. You know, adults speak terribly to other people. You know, I was. I've, dealt with a, a group of people recently where there was a Facebook community page and there's been people cyberbullying oh, each wow. other on that and they're in their 40s and 50s yeah. these people. Um, so when people have opinions uh, it, it can you know it can sort of turn a little bit nasty. Uh, with uni students I think one of the things that we see is um, it's a bit of a t a, an issue around banter you know yeah. how we sort of talk to each other where and the line is yeah where yeah. that line is and you know some people can take a, a joke I suppose uh, and other people take that joke too far and we have sort of different feelings around that yeah. so we've got to be aware of, of what we do and say and how that you know might be perceived by someone who isn't as resilient as us or mm -hmm. has some stuff going on that that might just sort of touch a raw nerve and be a bit restrained in, in the things that we say. Yeah, and on that, if someone is being cyberbullied at university, where can they go for help? Especially if maybe it's not the most serious case, but it's something they feel is affecting them. Yeah, definitely. Daily. There's a lot of things that you can do. So uh, if you are feeling targeted, I mean, you can always approach the person and sort of make sure that, you know, it could be a banter situation and yeah. they've got it wrong. Um, if that's not the case and they are being targeted though, uh, if it's happening on a social media platform, make sure that you report it to the platform. Really important because sometimes we forget that step. Yeah. We kind of talk about it and we, we deal with it in other ways, but they need to know if there's somebody on there that's targeting others. Yeah. Uh, if it's really bad, you can also go to the office of the eSafety Commissioner, uh, which is the main government body that looks after everything relating to, to cyber safety. Uh, if 
someone is being threatened, intimidated, harassed, it's got to meet a certain threshold. So yeah. you can go to them as well and they can basically act uh, in combination with that social media platform to remove the content, mm -hmm. which is important. Uh, there are also places like, you know, uh, Kids Helpline, which goes up to 25, uh, eHeadspace as well. So if you want to have a chat and you don't want to, you know, identify yourself, that's a really good thing to do as well. And I think, you know, I'm a really big advocate of, of looking out for your mates. And if you are, you know, a bystander in these sorts of comments, these threads, the things that you're seeing, just making sure you're going up to someone and asking if they're okay. Um, we all need real world support. And I think sometimes when these virtual conversations happen, it's really easy to kind of forget about it and just go, oh, that was a bit harsh and move on with it. Yeah. But it's really important to just make sure people are okay in real life too. Yeah, and what steps can we take as young people to sort of protect our accounts? Because I've definitely seen friends of mine who have been on private mm. and then they've been hacked and I've seen yeah. different posts on their site or someone's pretending to be them. Mm. And yeah, these sort of fake accounts. Yeah. Uh, it depends on, on what platform you're on. So there are certain social media platforms where you don't actually have to verify your identity. Um, you know, it might be that you put in a real name or you might put in a fake name, but that email address that usually creates that two-factor authentication to a phone number or an address or something that is, is real, uh, there are certain platforms you don't have to do that on. So uh, making sure that you, you, you know that, um, you're reading the terms and conditions around mm -hmm. information. Uh, we do know, as, as you, we, we talked about before, yeah. people sort of rip pictures off everywhere on, on a person's digital footprint and create fake accounts in their names. So again, making sure we report these things, uh, that we go to the police if we need to. You know, if somebody has hacked you, if your personal information is being used in a way that it shouldn't be, don't ever be afraid to go to the police. It is against the law. Um, and you know, if somebody is, is targeting you and you may be able to find out a bit of information about who they are, you can also apply for a provisional violence order. So that's a, a recent legislative change. It happened at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. And a PVO is similar to an AVO. The only difference is those two people aren't in a relationship. Yeah. And what it does is it puts uh, constraints and boundaries on a person's behavior towards another. If they breach that, if they continue to harass, offend, then they can basically be charged and, and put in jail. So it's, um, it's good. And you can go and apply for that yourself. In terms of our mental health, mm. I know that's kind of related to cyberbullying, but also we see a lot of students, young people, get really affected mentally by mm. what they're seeing on social media or comparing themselves to, yeah. themselves to what's on social media. So what's an effective way to kind of overcome that or balance, you know, how we're, our time on social media and our time in the real world? Yeah, sort of I think it really comes down to mindfulness, like being mindful of what you're consuming. Yeah. I think, you know, we can like and follow lots of people all the time and, you know, we don't sort of go in regularly and, and sort of cull and make sure that the people that are part of our feed are actually making us feel good. Yeah. You know, rather than us comparing ourselves to, you know, their highlight reel. I think, you know, a lot of us these days, we know that people just post the good stuff. Yeah. But when we're sort of mindlessly scrolling, we don't sort of stop and think, oh, well, this took 100 pictures to get that perfect <laughs> selfie. Um, you know, not everybody has Chanel handbags yeah. in uni. You know, it's, it's, it's about that sort of that fake side of it that we know is there and, you know, that's okay. We can post the good stuff, but yeah. we have to be mindful of the fact that what we're consuming is everybody's highlight reel. Um, I think being really balanced about it, making sure that you spend time in the real world with real friends and enjoy those times. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the time I speak to a lot of uni students and, and they sort of say, you know, we're, we're just so 
you know, consumed is making sure we, we, we document everything yeah. that we're doing. We go to a, a party, we go to a concert, and it's like, if it's not on Insta, did it really happen? You know, so while that's, that's part and parcel, I guess, of, of being, you know, a, a young person in, in 2019, trying to sort of take control of that yourself and, you know, understanding, hey, like, I'm going to enjoy this concert. I might, yeah. you know, take a bit of a, a video of it, take some photos, but then put your phone away and enjoy the moment. Yeah, and I've, I've definitely been part of this where we'll go mm. to a um, location just because it has nice, yeah. like, photo it's, areas yeah, it's for very Instagrammable, Instagrammable yeah. location <laughs> yeah. rather than actually. Yeah. And then I realise after I come out that I've been on my phone the entire time mm. looking through a screen, yeah. taking photos yeah. of other people or them taking photos of me definitely rather than hard. actually enjoying where I am that moment. yeah and I think you know the world is slowly changing I think yeah. people are starting to realize that you know we went through a real period like that where it's, it's just photo 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 yeah. video 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 and people want to draw back a little bit and yeah. just make sure that they're enjoying those experiences but I think it's it's being mindful and especially if you're in a group of friends as well kind of supporting that amongst each yeah. other you know, just sort of saying, like, put the phone down or let's just enjoy this or that. Or, you know, we don't have to photograph every meal we take. Yeah. You know, we eat. Um, so just, it is that mindfulness. Uh, I think when it comes to mental health as well, there's a lot uh, being done in the space around making sure that people are able to control their digital wellbeing. So there's screen time apps now. Mm -hmm. There's little tricks that you can do if you want to start reducing the time that you're spending yeah. on your phone. So. Things like grayscale on your screen, you, you can do that. It's terrible. Like it's really, I've tried it. But if you have, for example, you know, you've got exams coming up yeah. and you really need to concentrate, you know, grayscale your screen, it will actually make you check your phone less. Uh, you know, making sure that you're sort of putting it out of sight. Like there's a lot of research to show that if your phone's here, even if it's face up or face down, our minds are actually spending time and are distracted by the fact that it's there and we're trying not to pick it up. And the minute it buzzes, totally. it's like, you're oh, lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So just taking control in those ways. Yeah. They're really simple things and it doesn't have to be all the time. But if you have really important periods with exams or assignments where you really have to concentrate, you know, taking responsibility for your time is, is a really big thing too. Yeah. And on that, how can we sort of use our social media positively, especially in the university, mm. university space? I feel like there's so much opportunity there. Totally. But we get caught up in like, the, the negative side of it, yeah. but how can we positively use yeah. our accounts? I think you've got to, as I mentioned before, think about yourself and your social media use in ways like your own personal brand. Yeah. There's so many things that you can do to leverage social media these days to put yourself in a really great position to get that job, to you know put yourself into you know a, a competitive market and be seen. So you know straight up get a LinkedIn account yeah. you know make that look good get professional headshots done you know make yourself a thought leader if you are passionate about digital media marketing vlog about it blog about it have opinions follow the right people follow the the thought leaders in the space and the organizations that you want to be involved with mm. you know uni students and school students today are, are very rarely going to get their dream job by logging on to seek and yeah. hoping for the best the way that they'll do that is if they are following, you know, organisations of interest and they're engaging with people that work there um, and, and making those networks and connections. So the opportunity is really, really big. Uh, making sure that you do have those separate accounts, personal and private, but, you know, leverage it so that you can share your ideas in a positive way rather than just thinking about, you know, I need to remove that drunk photo of me off, you know, Instagram. 
um, be really proactive about those sorts of things and you, you really will reap the rewards. Mm. And on that positive and negative light, I have found that a lot of people, when they're angry about something mm. or a bit annoyed, they like to turn to social media and mm. vent it all out. Mm. But I have seen that in the past get out of control. Yeah. Um, I think a few years ago there was a HSE question that everybody was yeah. angry about and after they came out it got out of control and yeah. the author was offended mm. and got into racism and just mm. went too far. Yeah. Um, how do we sort of express our feelings yeah. but still make sure we're not going to that extent? Totally. Venting is a totally normal part of life. We all need to vent. Yeah. It's just about the picking the right platform. Uh, and I, I, mean, I don't mean a social media platform <laughs> by that. I mean, uh, your friends in a situation where that's not recorded permanently, where you know possible employers in the future are gonna see it, vent, but just not on social media. Like it really, you know, it's just, it's pretty black and white. If yeah. you're emotional, if you're angry, you're always gonna say and do things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. And if that's not a regular part of your life, you're just having a moment you have to make sure that it's not on social media. Talk to someone, you know, if there's somebody that's silly enough to write a post like that, yeah. go and read it. You might agree with it internally, but you don't need to document it. And we've yeah. got to think about social media. It's like a documentary of every single thing that we're doing. And the more that we sort of speak about these things, it's like a jigsaw puzzle, another piece is added. And suddenly people create a picture of you that may mm. or may not be true. So yeah, you need to think about it. Over the week, we've been reaching out to our listeners mm -hmm. and they've sent in some questions for you. Cool. So we'll do a little Q&A. Awesome. The first thing we had was, is it against the law to partake in cyberbullying? And yes. if so, how does the law in New South Wales compare to other states? Uh, well, there is federal legislation federal now that, okay. uh, that, well, there's a couple, every state has their own laws around this, but yeah. there is federal legislation, um, that Telecommunications Criminal Code Act that says you can't basically bully, harass, offend, intimidate. Uh, so there definitely are, are strict laws in place. Uh, so, you know, it, it is against the law. You should never be doing it. The difficulty with cyberbullying is, you know, proving beyond a reasonable doubt who did it yeah. and how they did it. And, and I suppose what we look at in the legal context is what if what is said would offend a reasonable and prudent person. So what is a reasonable person? Generally, the benchmark with that is if you went out and pulled someone off the street and said, this is the situation, if this happened to you, would you be offended by it? That's sort of what the benchmark would look like. Mm. Uh, but certainly, you know, any repeated intentional targeting of people uh, is against the law, can be arrested for it, uh, and people can take out, as I mentioned before, provisional violence orders to restrict that behaviour. If someone continues, then they would be in breach of that PVO and be arrested for that. And just on that, when we're cyberbullying, there is a form where it's kind of outwardly to that person, mm -hmm. tagging that person. But if it's sort of internally between three people, for mm -hmm. example, if they have a group chat going yeah. about another person, is that still considered cyberbullying, even though that person's not involved? <sighs> Look, it's a hard question. Not really because that person's not being directly sort of targeted. Yeah. However, what we do see a lot of the time in situations like that is, you know, say that conversation happens, somebody screenshots it and then sends it to that person when they're having a bad day. Absolutely, that would be cyberbullying. So there's there's kind of got to be a victim. Yeah. Um, if people are, are having a vent or having a chat about someone and they're not involved, then, you know, that's certainly not a situation the police would be involved in. 
um, it would be something that a person could go and get help with though if they were starting to have that me those messages targeted, targeted at, at them. them. Yeah. yeah. And the second question that was sent in was even if we delete our comments, photos, videos, etc., mm. can they still be located if required? Which I think by the right person, yes. I think, you know, I'm certainly not a techie guru. Yeah. I, I can't go into the exact ways that and means that they can find that. There are certain ways that people, anybody can find the information. Uh, but yes, we, we really have to just have that default in our minds that anything we post can be located and really, you know, sort of measure our behaviour against that benchmark. Uh, you know, people can search by image, they can search by a name. There's quite sort of tricky, techy ways that people can identify information. Um, there are companies that now that are using uh, artificial intelligence and, and facial recognition to detect people's digital footprints. And you know there are there are statistics out there at the moment that are stating that 63% of young people aren't even getting to an interview stage wow. because of things that are popping up. So. You know, can they find comments? They're probably harder because we, we enter comments into the internet every day. Yeah. But it can still be located by the right person or technology. Yeah, um, I've definitely seen even like YouTube stars and people mm. that most of us probably follow yeah. have stuff come up from like eight years ago definitely. that affect their career today. Absolutely. So I think politicians, yeah. you know, there's politicians. I think there was like two or three that lost their jobs in a fortnight a little yeah. while ago over tweets. Tweets are... <laughs> Tweets seem to be the one. People love to, to have a chat on Twitter and say things like yeah. that. But, you know, they do. They come up and what you think is funny today uh, or what you think, you know, is a bit risque and you're going to have a strong opinion about, you just got to be really, really careful about how you're perceived um, because it can come back to life. Yeah, you. and yeah. I think they turn around and say, we're different people now mm. and we don't believe in that. Absolutely. But what they've said is what they've said and Absolutely. people do use it. And people will judge it. Yeah. You know, they might be a different person. They, yeah. You know, people change their opinions. They evolve, thankfully. <laughs> but uh, but unfortunately, people will believe or not believe you, yeah. depending on their set of circumstances and their perception of you. And that's the danger, right? Is we could have changed. We could have grown as a person. But yeah. that sort of popping that up. That footprint is still mm. there. And this one's really related to uni students' question that was sent in um, yeah. about recruiters. So oh, yeah. is, it a, is it illegal? for recruiters to search us up when we're going for a graduate role or any sort of position? Look, I'm not a, a workplace uh, discrimination <laughs> lawyer, uh, so I probably can't give legal advice on yeah. that. But uh, look, I, I imagine somewhere in that legislation, in that anti-discrimination legislation, there might be something that says they can't do it. Yeah. But I think in the end, it's kind of irrelevant whether it's legal or illegal, it's happening and you won't even know about it. You know, mm -hmm. they'll be looking at you before they invite you for that job interview. Yeah. And we've just got to be honest, you know, part of doing due diligence these days as an organisation is making sure that the right people are coming on board. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's, there's far more stringent regulations once a person has been hired as to how someone can be dismissed and things. So they're, they're really just wanting to make sure they hire the right people. Um, so whether it's against law, you might need to speak to a, a discrimination lawyer about that one to find out exactly how and if and when uh, but my answer is really, you know, it doesn't really matter if they're doing it. It's you know. done. Mm. Yeah, and I think you're kind of putting yourself out there anyway. Like, exactly. we have a Facebook account, so yeah. you're allowing people exactly. to search you up. And anything that's publicly accessible, yeah. you know, it might be that they're looking at you in the context of possibly offering you a job, but 
anything that you make public is accessible by anyone and it doesn't mean that it's illegal so yeah yeah and i guess to go hand in hand with that um we were asked what kind of red flags what would be a red flag for an employer for example yeah um like you're applying for a graduate mm. role you've just almost out of uni mm -hmm. they're going on your social media what would be the the issue, flags. yeah, the kind of issues they'd have. There's, look, there's the obvious, drunk photos, anything illegal, any swearing, profanities, inappropriate information. But you've got to think about other things, like if you've ever posted, you know, that you're, you're chucking a sickie, you know, that yeah. you know, you're, not, you're not coming to work or you're not turning <laughs> up and that you're having fun down at the beach. Be prepared that they might come across those and that that's not going to really reflect too well on you. Um, I think any really strong opinions yeah. about certain things as well, like we've seen, you know, recently is Ralph Lau and yeah. his, his sort of workplace uh, discrimination issues and, and comparing that with free speech. You know, if you if you want to be really vocal about things that may polar, be polarising, you've got to be prepared that that might actually prevent you getting a job. And you know, we do live in a country where we're, we're lucky enough to have these these free thoughts and, and free opinions. But we do need to be careful about how people might perceive us based upon those opinions. Mm -hmm. um, if we have, you know, cyberbullied or, or made fun of people, you know, um, defamation is something that's starting to come up a lot with yeah. people's opinions. If you are damaging someone's reputation based upon things that you think or see or post, those are things that can certainly um, prevent you moving forward in your career. And it's yeah. something as a uni student, it's really important to start thinking about now so that it doesn't bite you in a couple of years' time. And is that because kind of the organisation gets attached to you in a way? Like some people I think of, oh, that's so-and-so mm. and they work here. Yep. Is that why? And I would take that on to that organisation? Definitely. I think, you know, organisations are brands and yeah. they hire people that are going to represent that brand well. And, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, you know, brands are known for different things and there are brands out there that are very conservative and there are brands out there that are not. They're quite risque and they, they want people that are bold and bright and beautiful and all those things. Uh, it really depends on the direction that you'd like to go in. Uh, I would sort of stay somewhere in the middle. I think it's fine to have opinions yeah. as long as you don't sort of cross that line into attacking others and that you're also you know, able to sort of take on other people's thoughts and feelings and opinions and, and have robust discussion, but keeping it respectful is always the Perfect. Um, so that was all our questions. To wrap up with always play a fun game. I love games. University podcast. Awesome. So today we have Would You Rather. Okay. Um, okay. So we'll start with the first one. Would okay. you rather never use social media again or never watch another movie or TV show? Oh, wow. Uh, TV shows <laughs> but I don't think I can go without social media with yeah. the way that the world is going yeah. and, I, and I'm going to predict that you know there'll be a capacity for me to watch movies and TV shows on social media anyway so I'm going to pick social media I'll, I'll stick with that one okay which kills me a bit because I do love a movie and I do love TV but <laughs> I'll, I'll go with social media and related to that would you rather never get st sorry get stuck in traffic or always have slow internet connection so a lot of, so I think about 80% mm. of our, so we did a poll on this yeah, question and yeah. about 80% of people said they'd rather get stuck, stuck in, in traffic. traffic. I'm, I'm there but going. I thought slow internet because uh, traffic is extremely annoying to it's me. It's so annoying. Yeah. But I'm thinking a little bit deeply about this <laughs> and I'm thinking if my internet is good, if I keep that, you know, if I don't have the slow internet, then I can use Waze yeah, to, to keep find me way. In, yeah. out of traffic. <laughs> that's, that's 
not yet, so I think it'll be tricky okay. about that one. Yeah, because I was really surprised. We just had like an overwhelming response yeah, to people using. People hate slow internet. Yeah. It's so frustrating though, because I think when you when you are used to it being really quick, yeah. it's uh, it's so annoying. And when you just like really need an Uber or something, totally. and you're stuck in the rain like today, yeah. and we you're just like waiting wait. there for an Uber, <laughs> totally. and it's not loading. <laughs> oh, I've been there so many times. Yeah. Okay, so our next one is: Would you rather be able to run or able to fly? Are we talking like run really fast? Or yeah, like okay. a sonic, supersonic speed. Oh, right, like yeah. supersonic speed. I think I'd probably like to fly because it would be probably a bit more relaxing and I wouldn't get as sweaty through going yeah. through the going through the air. I'd, I'd arrive with my makeup intact. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'd so pick flying. Fly. And would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the most intelligent person in the room? Mm. Probably most intelligent. <laughs> I think, you know, if you're intelligent, you can probably find ways to be funny, be funny as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And our last one is teleport anywhere or read minds. Oh, 100% teleport. Sometimes you don't want to read people's <laughs> minds, I think. <laughs> I think like ignorance is bliss sometimes <laughs> and being able to teleport would actually solve our traffic situation yeah. as well. Yeah, so we're <laughs> teleporting with the fast internet. Definitely, that would be. Oh, we're, we're sorted. <laughs> I look forward to when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Yasmin, for joining us on this. Um, episode of the university podcast. It's been my pleasure. Thanks Thank for having you. me. And I think we've all learned a lot about cyber safety and the digital space. And I'm definitely going to go back on my social media and check it out, yeah. and check who's tagging me. And definitely. Just be proactive. Check yeah. it and, and cull and clean as yeah. often as you can. And I know you can hide from your timeline as well, which yeah. might be useful. Yeah. Um, I've done that a definitely. few times. Definitely. Yeah. I think uh, keeping on top of all the trends yeah. too that are changing and just making a little concerted effort as regularly as you can certainly will help you out. Thank you so much, Yasmin. No worries. And thank you so much for listening.